It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello and welcome to the Doing Good podcast exclusively on our Turtle House app. I am Carmen Herbert, and today I have an awesome guest who happens to be a friend of mine and really is kind of like Superwoman. Her name is Amy Drubay, but you may know her as Neurotic Mom on Instagram. So Amy started dabbling into making cakes a few years ago and really raising money for her husband that has MS, and the casual cake baking turned into this massive (laughs) following, almost a half million followers on Instagram, plus a YouTube channel, which is Neurotic Mom Bakes, where she shares all of her tips and tutorials. So she's not one of those stingy bakers. It's like, I'm never going to (laughs) share any recipes with you. You want to share with other people. And I love that. Besides doing flash sales and charity fundraisers, most of the cakes Amy makes you give away or you donate to your kids' events or schools, which I think is amazing. It's definitely not a for-profit business. Amy is also a pro ballerina and has taught for many years and picked up tennis when she was in her 30s and don't worry, is only playing at a 4.0 level <laughs> right now, which for those who don't know, is like an extremely competitive level. 4.0 is amazing, especially for having only played for what? How long has it been now? It's been five years. So I actually five started, I started when I was 40. When you were 40. 40. Oh yes. my goodness. So started when you're 40, played for five years and is now at a 4.0, which some people take like years to work up to. So that's amazing. So I can't wait to talk with you today, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on Doing Good. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Okay. So first of all, mm-hmm. could you ever have imagined all of this would have happened from just taking a baking class and learning how to bake a cake? No, never. This this was completely accidental. I went to one like two and a half hour cake class and I loved it. So I thought I'll buy a few supplies here and there. And I started making a few cakes at home. And then I just had this idea for Instagram. What if I just put my phone on time lapse and videoed the whole process? Because at that time, as a beginner, it took me a lot longer than it does now, probably like six hours. Oh my goodness. So so I thought I'm going to time-lapse this and I kind of edited it and put it on my Instagram and it just started going viral, getting lots of views, getting lots of new followers. And then I posted, this is the one that put me on the map. I did a Minnie Mouse cake and it has been shared hundreds of times. It went completely viral all over Instagram, millions and millions of views. And that's the one that like launched me into this place. And, to, and I remember watching your numbers go up when you posted that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know Amy baked cakes. Like how cool is that? <laughs> and then watching your numbers, I'm like, Brad, she has 10,000 followers. And then like the next day, um, she has 20,000 followers and then like 25 and then 50 and then a hundred. I'm like, oh my gosh, Amy is a hundred thousand. And now almost a half million. People love watching you do your time-lapse cakes. It's fun to watch the process, like beginning to end, like how you do everything. But when you actually post a real-time video, it is so meticulous. And it is you are such a perfectionist. I'm like, how long does it take you now to bake one of your amazing cakes? Well, it just depends on 
how um, detailed the cake is, but I would say just the most basic cake, if you go from this, the start of the baking process, because you have to bake the cake layers, cool them, level them yes. off, right. freeze them. That takes a good three hours, just that. Um, a basic cake, I could probably stack and decorate in two hours. That's, okay. that's the easiest kind of cake. So we're talking five hours. And then my more detailed cakes, I have done over a period of two or three days, three or four hours a day. So it can go up to like 16 hours to do oh one cake. Oh my goodness. Well, and if you haven't been on Neurotic Mom on Instagram to see these amazing cakes, they are phenomenal, like flower petals and lion scenes from The Lion King. My very favorite was the Mickey Mouse cake with the electric parade the musical music notes. Yeah. The music notes. And it's actually the melody of the parade, the electric yes, parade, yep. which is incredible. Um, how did you figure out what notes you needed to do? Did you go online to figure out what the yeah. tune was? So I went and looked up the sheet music and just took the melody and I, I play the piano. So I know basic notes and yeah. I just, I just had that sheet music in front of me and did the, the little, da, 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 oh da, my da. goodness. And that, <laughs> so. that was like, cause I'm obviously I like to sing. I play the piano too. Like that was my very, very favorite one. So really you never anticipated getting this big, but what made you decide not to make it a, because you, you absolutely could make it this very successful for-profit business where you sell cakes every day, every week and make a ton of money. What made you say, no, that's not what I want to do? Well, it started out that way. I thought, oh, this is cool. People are starting to message me for orders. And this is just me personally. I know a lot of bakers have do custom orders daily and they have a very yes. successful business. Yes. Um, but after I started doing, oh, a half dozen, a dozen of these, it became really stressful because I am trying, I'm a perfectionist and it's, I'm trying to fulfill their vision on a deadline, like for a birthday. Yes. And I just, I kind of freeze. I just, with my anxiety, I just, it would kind of paralyze me and it just became so stressful. And then I never knew what to charge them, if they're going to think it's too much. If, And I just decided... I love making cakes. I don't love doing custom orders. I have 1 million ideas in my head. I want to create my own designs yes. and then I can sell them. And if people like it, then they can buy it. And then that just kind of led into just the charity thing. It just, yeah, it's snowballed. It's and flash sales and things like flash that. Flash sales. Yeah. Which and I have yeah. several of your flash sales and they're <laughs> They're so good. They're if ever, but you have to get on fast. If you post, it's like within 20 minutes, they're gone. Yeah. Most of them are gone within 20 minutes. I've had them gone in two minutes. So That's yeah, I've never had crazy. one not sell that same day. That is awesome. And, and obviously those basically just go to pay you back for ingredients, right? Yes. You, yes. You buy cakes. So right. you're just breaking even barely. Barely. <laughs> I, I actually, with everything that I'm paying for, I am, I think I'm still in the red honestly. Oh my gosh. With, yeah. With all the supplies, uh, baking supplies are very expensive. Butter's expensive. It's just all the decorating tools. It's really pricey. So why do you keep doing it? I love it. I, it's a creative outlet that I did not know I had until I was 42 years old. And I just, I have so many ideas in my head and I get so excited about these ideas and it's just fun. It's just it's just fun. It's just fun. I love that. So 
you you said you never run out of ideas and you have so many. So I would ask where your inspiration comes from. Is it just like a constant flow of trying to even turn it off? Like, okay, stop thinking about cakes like all yes. day. Yes, I have I have a list. I have a journal just specifically for my YouTube and Instagram and cake ideas. I have a list four pages long and it's I'm yeah, yeah, there's not enough time. I wish there's there not were enough time. time. Yeah. To bake just, more cakes. I it just comes. Ideas. Yeah. In the middle of the night, I've woken up with ideas and I'll lay there for an hour working out. Okay, how am I gonna how am I gonna make this work? Or I'll be driving or I'll see another cake and think, that's really awesome. How can I put my own twist on that? Technique. How could I make that my style? So what is my one style. of your middle of the night cakes? <laughs> it's going to sound crazy because I kind of am. Um, <laughs> I, I was on a Disney kick. I was doing a bunch of Disney cakes and I wanted to make an up cake. And I've seen a lot of cakes on the internet that have the balloons. They do the little chocolate balloons. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to be literal. I want to make my cake fly. And I thought, how am I going to do that? I want real balloons. Oh my goodness. And I want it to be airborne. To and actually so, leave the table. <laughs> yes. And I did it and it took the efforts of my entire family. My son was at the at the balloon shop over here just packing his car full of hundreds of balloons and it oh was, my goodness. It and was, did it and it did. It did. Right? It, it flew. Yeah. And then did it crash and break or did you yeah. catch the cake? We we didn't let it go because we didn't want to let all those balloons go. So we we let it fly and my, my son was on the fence back here and he just kind of pulled it back down and the cake kind of collapsed. It was it but it was a really fun experience. But made for a really awesome Instagram post. So <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. so cool. So tell me about Besides raising awareness for MS, which is incredible, and you were actually awarded the above and beyond by the Multiple Sclerosis Society because your husband, unfortunately, deals with MS. And so you have kind of made it one of your missions to at least once a year. Do you do it once a year or twice a year? Once a year. March is Multiple Sclerosis Month. March. So the awesome. Month. Yeah. March is MS Month. And you will do a ton of flash sales and raise. You've raised... I mean, upwards of 30 grand, right? It's, on your Yeah, cake. it's it's around 20 to 20. I haven't added it up, but it's around 20 to $25,000. Which is incredible. Years. And so you were awarded the above and beyond by the MS Society. Besides doing that, how do you feel like your Instagram and YouTube videos are benefiting other people? I am committed to... Uh, making a place where people can go just your average home baker, just total amateur where they can go and learn basic tips and recipes at no cost. My awesome. YouTube is completely free. My Instagram, you don't have to subscribe to cooking classes. You don't have to buy a cookbook. That's just been my mission and my goal. I'm not in this for profit. I'm willing to share all my recipes and tutorials and just for the average, just home baker, anybody. I love it. that. And so many people have posted, I tried your Blondie's recipe. I tried the, you just posted a Fruity Pebbles one, or that comes out on Thursday this week, the Fruity Pebbles and buttercream. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and people are posting, thank you so much for helping my family create these memories and for helping us. Because what good does it do anyone if you're like, look how amazing this is, but you could never be a part of it. You know, it makes them feel like I can do something special like this for my family too. Yes. Yes. I love that. I get so much feedback about, I never knew I could do this, but you gave me confidence to try. You walked me through the whole process on your YouTube. 
um, I've actually had hundreds and hundreds of people who not necessarily go and try my recipes, but they just like to watch. And they say that I help with their anxiety. I help calm them down. One person said she was going in for surgery and it's during this whole COVID thing. So she had no answer and she was really nervous. So she pulled out her phone and watched my videos to calm herself down. Like how sweet. That's amazing. Yeah. That's the best feedback I can get. Well, and watching on your Instagram, you taking cakes to people and into classrooms and to see like the joy on the children's faces, to see all of the incredible characters and like this, we can eat this because it it really does. Sometimes it doesn't look edible. Like your woody cake with that hat. Holy cow. Like, can you eat that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everything is edible. Yeah. Everything is edible. I've done some surprise visits. I've had people nominate someone who maybe needed a pick me up or a, I did this over Christmas and they would say, Oh, you know, my boss is battling breast cancer and she's been so good to me. And so then I would meet this person and we would go in and surprise them with a cake and then a gift card. Cause people donate money all the time to, to me and my cakes um, just, you know, for either my charities or for this Christmas thing that I did. Um, That's I think, awesome. I think I was able to give a hundred dollar gift card with each cake. Oh, how amazing. And I really believe that baking and cooking, you infuse some of your love into that. Like it's like sometimes things taste so good. And you know, like the old saying is, oh, it was made with love. I really believe that. Like something good intentions, you can taste it. You can, it's, it's like an actual tangible thing. What do you think about that? Definitely. I put my heart and soul into these cakes. I want to make them perfect. I will spend hours just to make them just right. And and some cakes I have a really hard time parting with. Like I they become personal to me. So yes. I definitely put love into all my recipes, all my cakes, everything. That is so awesome. So Amy, we are both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And have you felt like you have been inspired or guided to create a platform like this just to show a little bit of of your light and goodness and share that with the world? Yes, I have. It's just, it's been able to flow in a really natural way. I haven't just made my Instagram strictly cakes or baking. Yes. It, it started as a personal account and I've, I've tried to keep it that way. So I've been able to just um, talk about my faith and I'll, I can show, um, pictures of me behind the piano in my church calling and, and then people will, that will lead people to ask, Oh, well, you know, tell me more about your religion. I have. And then with my son going on his mission, yes, that became a huge story that so many people were invested in. My followers just loved following along that story. And And tell us what that, what you did every night, what you posted. Okay. So yeah, this just was on a whim. The night he left, there was a beautiful sunset. So I took a picture of it and I just thought, I'm going to post this. And I said, one sunset down 700 and something to go. (laughs) And of course now he's home because of the whole, you know, pandemic thing. But right. So I started posting every single night doing a countdown. And again, people became so invested in that story or people would ask me, why are you doing this? And I would tell them I have been able to link dozens and dozens of people over to um, the church of Jesus Christ.org 
that website. Um, I've had people wow. message me and say, I had no idea what missionaries were about. Now, when I see them on the street, I know they're away from home. I know they're not doing this for any money. I know they're paying their way. Yes. So I go out of my way to just say hi even, or, or talk to them a little bit. So it's I been think, awesome. I think that's such a great thing that it's not that you're, you know, preaching. forcing. Yes. Yeah, preaching. I'm not like, yeah. But you're sharing who you are in such a in, in a way that feels non-threatening to people that they've it's, really related to. Yeah, it's just personal. I'm just yes. relating just what is happening in my life. And, and I love that. And I've I loved watching all the different sunsets. And when you went to Disneyland again pre-COVID, you took a little Indiana Jones Mickey Mouse with you. Oh, yes. That was his favorite, wasn't that it? Was, yeah, his that was his favorite character, his favorite ride. We do this annual trip. It was the first one without him. I was having a little bit of a hard time. So I got, yeah, I got this Mickey Mouse that was dressed like Indiana Jones and he went on all the rides with us. So he was That's there in so spirit. Cute. Yeah, it was fun. So what has it been like having him home? Is he being reassigned right now? Yes. So he will have been home for five months by the time he leaves again. He was in New Zealand for four months and they evacuated him so fast. He had two hours notice. <gasps> really, really didn't get to say goodbye. He just had to be at the airport. Oh my goodness. Pretty stressful. Um, and then he's been waiting around. Um, waiting to get the reassignment was hard because he couldn't get a job. He didn't know when he would be leaving. He couldn't right. start any online classes. But he is leaving August 25th for the New Hampshire mission. So we're calling it like the New Z-Sure mission. New so, Z-Sure. I love that. New Hampshire and then New Zealand, New, Zealand. New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the movie What About Bob? Oh, it's been a while, but yes, yes. We all, Whenever we hear New Hampshire, New Hampshire, like Bob and he oh, yeah. on Lake Winnipesaukee and all that stuff. So that will be a beautiful place. Beautiful. And he's going just in time for the fall. So How, Oh, and that's like the most gorgeous time. I've been to New Hampshire a few times and it's like – stunning back east it's so it's funny that when you come back to utah you're like oh my gosh we really do live in a desert we have no trees yeah, you know. go back east and it's like oh wow vegetation like it's <laughs> totally different yeah so with your you mentioned several times like you're up at night sometimes because you can't sleep and with your anxiety can you tell us a little bit about that you said you started playing tennis when you were in your 40s did that help or did you start that because you were experiencing anxiety? And I feel like now, especially I know I have been experiencing a lot because there's just so much unknown right now. There's just what's going to happen with COVID and the earthquakes and fires. And as members of the church, our, we haven't been able to go back to church very much and our temples are closed. And it just feels like we're sitting in a lot of unknown. So what have you done personally that's helped combat anxiety and, and to feel at peace and have hope that there are better days to come. So I, I struggled with anxiety terribly all through my thirties for a whole decade, severe panic attacks, just in constant anxiety. It was very debilitating. I didn't leave the house much and I don't know what the catalyst was for this, but I feel like it was inspired. I I've been teaching ballet for years and years and my daughter was taking ballet for me. And I only have one daughter. I have four boys. And I always thought I would have lots of daughters and lots of ballerinas. And <laughs> it turns out she didn't love dance and she started tennis lessons because her brothers played tennis and she was really, really good from the start. So she eventually decided to quit ballet, start tennis. 
And I was kind of devastated at first. I bet that was hard. But one of the coaches or pros over there said, you know, you really need to come to this adult beginning class. And it terrified me. But I, I really wanted to do it. I really wanted to. So it was one of those times where the desire to do this thing trumped the anxiety. That's bigger. Okay. And I, I, that first lesson I walked, there's this long corridor to get to the court. And I walked down that corridor and turned back twice no to, to go home. And I just thought, no, <gasps> Amy, you are going to go in there and do it. And I, so I faced this at the time. It was, it doesn't sound like a big fear, but for me, it was huge. Trying something new, meeting new people, getting out of my comfort zone. In a group setting. In a group setting. And I made myself go do that. And the first one, it wasn't that great. But one of the pros there who has actually become one of my dearest friends, she said, you're coming back next week, right? And she held me to it. It was an eight-week course. And she made sure. And by the end of that course, I was hooked. I loved it. Okay, I want to take lessons. And I also found that that physical activity outlet, there's really nothing like tennis for... It's true. It's so physical. It is. Um, They've actually proven that tennis yes. can prolong your life. And it's because a lot of it, the sprint work that you have to do, yes. sprinting, and your the mental like, okay, where's the ball going? Where am I going to place the ball? There's so much involved. It's full body. It's, it's full body. full body. So yeah, the footwork and then you have the arms and then the mental. Yes. And they say it actually prevents um, dementia and Alzheimer's because you're exercising your brain too. Yes. So I would find that when I came home after an hour and a half of just hard, hard physical activity, my anxiety would be like spent. So it, I would feel better. It would, awesome. yeah. So it just, I eventually got off all my anxiety medication and I know that there are people that do need, I'm not saying of that course. exercise is a cure-all, but for me, it was, my anxiety was more about just facing my fears, getting out of the house news. I just became such an introvert and so housebound. I don't know. It just kind of got worse and worse. So I had to take that step to get out. And that was the catalyst to give me some confidence to try something new. Hey, I, I can do this. I'm pretty good at this. And yes. Anyway. So tell me how you deal with the anxiety on the tennis court. You posted on Instagram, a sweet text from your daughter. Can you share a little bit about what she said to you? Yes. So she's so cute. So we started tennis at the same time. So she gets the mental aspect. It is. And it is so mental. mental. It is game. So if I get angry or if I get down on myself, my, I can't hit my strokes the way I want to. And there, this last year has been a little bit hard. Um, I've dealt more with the depression side of my mental illnesses that I've had. And I was really getting down on myself. Oh, yeah. Amy, you're such a bad tennis player. Why do you even play? Oh my gosh. Just... And as soon as that happens, I spiral. I can't play anymore. I lose that. is over. So, yep. Yeah. So she sent me this cutest text. She warmed up with me and we're starting, I'm starting a new season. And she said, she warmed up with me and she could tell I was kind of down and she left, wished me good luck and sent me a text said, I want you to try to go this whole match without saying one bad thing about yourself. Not one. Just, I want you to try to stay positive. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, but just don't beat yourself up. And she said it much cuter and it was really it was cute. It was so cute. It was so cute. And, and I did that. I, I ended up losing, but I was okay about it because I, I played well. My opponent was genuinely better. She was, she should have beat me, 
but I stayed positive. I played the game I wanted to. I took the second set. So we split sets. I so I got that set against a really high-rated player. And I know I, I was able to do that by staying positive. And then my next match did the same thing. I won that one. So it, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's just amazing. The it really is true, the power of positive thinking. It it's a real thing, but it's hard sometimes to stay positive, especially when you are losing a match or feel like you're failing at parenting or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's hard to, to keep that mental dialogue going and positive. And I, I don't know that I've ever even lasted a whole day of not thinking anything negative. And it's so habitual. It's just like, Oh, that was so stupid. Why did I do that? And then I think, yeah. And then I hear my kids say, you're so stupid. You're such a dummy. And I think, where have you heard that? And I think oh, they probably heard it from me talking about myself or just saying, Oh, that's so dumb. And, and, I need to work on changing that narrative in my mind to be more yeah. positive. It's a work in process and I, I struggle with it. I try, you know, I'm trying to get better at it. I read a quote once that has stuck with me forever. If we knew how powerful our brains were, we would never have a negative thought again because they are so, our brains are more powerful than we can even comprehend. And we don't give ourselves enough credit no. for what we are capable of. And what we can do. And you have been capable of, I mean, really, honestly, changing lives through your amazing Instagram account and YouTube video and doing so much good. So my last question for you is, what do you enjoy the most about what you do? You mean Instagram-wise, social media-wise? Yeah, about baking and, and just, I mean, anything, even just playing tennis, ballet, being a mom, like what, what brings you the most joy? Well, on the most joy I have right now is are my children and my husband. I, um, this, this pandemic has been awful, but if I was going to take something good away from it, um, we, I've loved the family time. So they are my first and foremost. Um, but I, I do enjoy, just discovering my creative outlets or my talents and just like when I finish a cake and it comes out exactly like I envisioned, that is the most satisfying feeling. I love that. So I get satisfaction out of that. But I think the main thing with my social media, when I get these messages, um, I mean, they make me cry sometimes. One girl said, my aunt was dying from cancer and in her last days to comfort her, we watch your videos together. Like that just blows my mind. I can't even, so I get those messages and that keeps me going because I do get a lot of hate. Sometimes I want to close it all down, but it's those, I, I just know there's a purpose. I know there's a purpose for me to do this. So that's why I keep going. And you should know the reason why you're getting such negativity is exactly what you said, because you do have a purpose and you are doing good. And for some reason, people like bringing people down that are doing awesome, amazing things. I don't know why, but I always have told my kids, happy people don't make others feel bad. So if people are being mean to you, they're hurting inside and trying to remember when you get a horrible comment to think, oh, that person is really hurting because I bet it's hard. Most of the time you're able to shrug it off and you'll even post them online like for you know, like, look how funny this is. Look at what this person said. And, oh, this is silly. But it, it has to get to you sometimes. What do you do on the days where it gets to you? 
It does. Some days are just, and it kind of, it really depends on the state of mind. I mean, that day, if yeah. it's a bad day and I'm getting that, I have to completely just give my phone to my husband or kids or set it down, walk away. Cause it's a gut punch. I oh, mean, yeah. it's a, my initial reaction is, Oh my gosh, that hurts so bad. And, and yeah. And then on my good days, I'm able to handle it, shrug it off, laugh it off. Some of them are just, they're so out there that they're hysterical. <laughs> like, yeah. The, the one about my, my not so good face, I won't use the word she used. Oh my goodness. Um, has that evolved was the craziest in, thing. Yeah. And it, ha- it has evolved into, into how I post my Instagram now. And now I show my face in every single video. I and I love a joke it. out of it. And you wave at the end. And I wave. Here I am. Here's my face. For those of you who don't know or who didn't see, she got a comment about her face and how people didn't want to see her face. It, one person said this. Mm-hmm. And if if you can't see Amy right now, but she is the most beautiful person. Like yeah. you've been compared to like Elsa, Disney princesses, like, <laughs> and not to mention you just have such a beautiful light that radiates from your face. So that was the comment that was the most bizarre and stupid. And so now you show your face even yes. more. And I love that, that you combat by no, I'm not going to let you bring me down and tell you, tell me that I, I'm someone I'm not. And that's, I think as women really hard too, to, to feel like, well, I'm not who you think I am. Like, it's like that saying, I am what I think you think I am. And so if, if you think that people don't like you or think you're ugly or whatever, it, you internalize it. Even if, if mm-hmm. people say that's not true. If you think other people are thinking it, it's like the negative narrative again that's in our mind that we think, oh, but if someone said that, even one person among 500, oh, I wonder if it's true when it's not. Yes, because it's it's like it's like getting slapped. I mean, yes. I can get 100 hugs from people, but that one person that slaps me, it still stings. It's still going to hurt. And yes. I, I'll get hundreds and hundreds of positive, but yeah, that one but I'm getting better. I'm getting to where I know that that person is coming from a very hurt place. So I'm getting better at it. I'm so glad because we need you and, and we want you and we, and we don't want you to shut it down. We want you to keep it up. (laughs) I'll I'll keep going. I'll keep going. (laughs) We want you to keep going. For those of you that want to check out more about what Amy does, go to Neurotic Mom on Instagram, and then her YouTube channel is Neurotic Mom Bakes. And I just have to ask really fast where the handle came from, Neurotic Mom. <laughs> okay, so um, it, well, I did not choose the name. One of my friends, one of my husband's colleagues, so we had these law firm parties all the time. We'd get together or just get together for dinner, and so they really got to know my Um, neuroses and my anxieties and my phobias (laughs) because there are a lot and he said you need to start a blog called entitled chronicles of a neurotic mom and that just stuck with me so when instagram came out i was one of the first instagram users ever i thought you know what neurotic mom i'm gonna go with that and you nailed it it. oh that's awesome and people have made you like little signs neurotic mom signs and and they call me neurotic mom they'll see me in disneyland or the grocery store hi neurotic it's neurotic mom it's neurotic mom does that ever offend you or do you love it and embrace it it. i love it i am neurotic mom call me that love it (laughs) and if people did see you in the grocery store or at disneyland do you want them to come say hi and talk I to you? Love when, I love when they say hi. I know I talk about that I'm awkward socially, which I am, 
but that doesn't mean I don't want you to come say hi because <laughs> I love it. My kids get a kick out of it. I love when you say hi. I, I yeah, I it's it's fun for me. So yes, definitely say hi. Awesome. And check out Neurotic Mom Bakes on YouTube and Neurotic Mom on Instagram. And we cannot wait to see all of the cakes. And by the way, not only cakes, you do brownies and cookies and donuts and churros and a hundred other things. So check out Amy's YouTube channel for so many other baking creations. And thank you, Amy, for coming on our podcast today and for doing so much good. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. If you'd like to hear more from Carmen and get brand new full-length talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers like John By the Way, Meg Johnson, and Hank Smith, you can exclusively inside our Turtle House. And when you join today, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode next week.